So let's cover this this uh, chapter, chapter 13, because <coughs> um, it speaks of someone who was very much in love, all right? Very much in love. So I want us to read from Second Samuel chapter 13, verses 1 to 19, together. Verses 1 to 19, all right? So as you read, think of the story that is unfolding. Second Samuel chapter 13, verses 1 to 19, together. Let's begin reading. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, <coughs> had a fair sister whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. And Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he said unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Will thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say to him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come, and, let, and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it, and eat it at her hand. So Amnon lay down, and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar, my sister, come, and let me make a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat at her hand. <coughs> then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house, and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was laid down, and she took flour and kneaded it, and made cakes in his sight, and did bake the cakes. <coughs> And she took a pen and poured them before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Have out all men from me. And they went out every man from him. And Amnon said unto Tamar, Bring the meat into the chamber, that I may eat of thine hand. <clears throat> and Tamar took the cakes which she had made, and brought him into the chamber to Amnon her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her. And said unto her, Come, lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such ought, ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly, and I whither shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee, Albeit he would not hearken unto her, but being stronger than she, forced her and lay with her. And Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other that thou didst unto me. But he would not hearken unto her. Then he called his servants that ministered unto him, and said, Put now this woman out from me, and bolted the door after her. 
and she had a garment of diverse colors upon her. <clears throat> For with such robes were the king's daughters that were the virgin's apparel. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes upon her head and rent a garment of diverse colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went out crying. May God bless the reading of his word. Some of you may be familiar with this story. Some of you may be reading it for the first time and probably would be very shocked. Now, this is a story involving a few persons. One is, we read, Tamar. Tamar was one of David's sons. And Tamar fell in love with his stepsister. All right? So, it's not his blood sister, in a sense. It's a stepsister, Absalom's sister. And he plotted to be with her. We read and deceived David and David fell into his plot and when he met with um, Tamar, Amnon, the son, one of the sons of David, raped her. And we read the rest of the story. Now here is a few characters that I want us to learn about. One is Amnon, right? I'm sorry I said Tamar earlier, Amnon. Amnon, the son of David. And then there's Tamar, a very beautiful sister, stepsister. And then there was David himself. And there was this cousin whose name was, verse 3, Jonadab. Jonadab. Now, the Bible tells us that Jonadab was a subtle man, a very deceitful person, a subtle person. All right? So these four characters, Tamar, Amnon, Jonadab, and David. Now, this is... A story that begins, if I didn't ask you to read, you just look at verse 1 to 3, or 1 to 2, you would say, wow, what a nice love story. Right? Here is Absalom, who was so, and notice this word in verse 1, so in love with Tamar. Right? The Bible used the word loved. So in love that in verse 2, Amnon was vexed and fell sick for his sister, Tamar. Now, this is literally what is called lovesick. Huh? You miss someone, you love someone until you're, you, you are lovesick. Sometimes we tease our friends, oh, you're lovesick. Right? This is literally that kind of situation, lovesick. He would not eat. He, all day long, he just keep thinking of her, nothing. I want you to notice this, huh? because one of you asked this question. All day long, you just keep thinking of the person. All day long, whatever you do, the person's face just appears before you. You want to seek the kingdom of God first, but then this person keeps coming to your mind. Now, this is the situation, all right? Now, uh, emotion that is very strong, a person who can't concentrate on the normal things of life. <clears throat> um, there is a song that I used to sing um, last time. It's a worldly song, not good to sing. And it, it, a song that goes like, um, the more I, I see your eyes in every flower, your, no, I see your face in every flower. Your eyes in stars above. I hear your voice in the birds sing, that kind of thing. You know, it's literally like that. That's what he's going through. Every time he looks at anything, Tama's face just appears before him. And he says, and this song goes like, um, I forget to, to do the ordinary things that everyone used to do. That yeah, means probably you go out, you forget to tie your shoelaces and then you walk out. Or you forget to comb your hair and you walk out. All the ordinary things. You forget. Don't you have such emotions? Have you experienced such emotions? 
There's, not, there's a reason why I tell you these things. It's not to make you laugh. It's to let you know that emotions can be very real, right? This person felt very real emotions. And the Bible even used the word love. Look at verse 1. Love, right? Now, I want you to look at verse 15. Look at verse 15. Did the Bible use the word love? He hated the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. <clears throat> the Bible would use this word love. In verse 3 also, verse 3, And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar. Love. Love can be a very mistaken emotion. I remember one teenager says, this boy liked her so much that in school, the friends told her that he would always be singing sad love songs because she rejected him in school. Then whenever he, she passes the classroom door, he, his eyes will look out and then he will sing sad songs again. Uh, this is what Tama is going through. He cannot eat, cannot sleep. In fact, until you see, look at verse Verse 2, and he said, if he was vexed, he felt sick. And then Jonadab asked him, <coughs> he said, now verse 4, Why art thou being the king's son, lean from day to day, getting skinnier and skinnier from day to day, not eating, can't eat, can't sleep, falling sick? Now why, you are king's son. How come you are going through this? You are going thinner and thinner. <coughs> was it love? Was it love? It wasn't, right? I'm glad one of you shook your head. <laughs> was it love? But why did the Bible use the word love? Well, this was lust. This was infatuation. This was crush. Many things. But love. Right? The Bible would use the, love, the word love many times from Amnon's own mouth. Because God wants us to know we can have very mistaken notions of love. Understand that? The point is this. The feelings that you feel can be very real, very strong, but it's not necessary love. Okay? So that's the first thing I want us to learn from this passage. And here we have a very innocent party, which is Tamar. Now, Tamar's life was ruined. Remember? Her life was ruined. You look at verse 20, verse 19. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garments of diverse colors and that was on her and laid her hand upon her head and went out crying. <coughs> and, and Tamar um, basically lost her virginity to a man who professed to love her. And you know this kind of love? How does it end up? You look at verse, verse 16 again. <coughs> Sorry, verse 15. And Amnon hated her exceedingly so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he loved her. It will end up like that. Actually, the point here to be made also is, girls, if you're foolish enough to think that you can give your body to a boy and then after that he will love you. You know, some people have this strange idea. I will capture him by giving my body to him. You're very foolish. You think you can hold on to him because of that. There are men who, after they have gotten what they want from you, they will hate you. They will despise you. This is not the first time in man's history. This is what will happen. So remember, 
These are things that can happen in your life. But the reason why I want to share from this passage is this. It's solemn. It's frightening, right? You think this is something that only happens in olden days? It's something that happened probably almost every day. Probably to many Christian girls also. And done by many Christian boys as well. So don't be shocked when you see or hear such things. This is very real. All because of what? Because of one thing. All because of the mistaken understanding or mistaken idea that you are in love. That is the problem. All right. So that's one thing I want to address. Uh, the X is upstairs. You're looking for? Oh, Sharon. All right. So remember, this can be a very mistaken notion that can lead you to a disaster in your life. You think it's something wonderful, but no. But I want you to remember there's another person, right? Who's this person? John Adep. John Adep. Who was John Adep? What is John Adep? John Adep was a person <coughs> who actually helped Amnon to get what he wanted. Even um, persuaded him, even thought of helping him to get what he wanted. Do you think there are people like that today? Many. Many of them. They are the world is one of it. The world. The world continues to be the voice of the John Adepts today. Continue to ask you to get into relationships. Go, go for it. Go for it. It's good. It's good for you. Do this, in fact. Do this. Plot, plan, plan, do all these things. Go find these things. Do them. Number one, the world. Number two, music. The music of the world are constantly, the people are constantly writing songs that cause you to think about falling in love at your age. Hmm? The wrong kind of love, music. I don't know how many of you listen to all this, but I used to be very crazy over sentimental songs. Or the heartbreak here, heartbreak there, all that kind. You know, it's just somehow very stuck with those kind of music. Um, always, these people, they write to cause you to think of love in a very different concept from the Bible. And then there's the John Adept's voice in movies. It continues to be there. The movies continue to portray to you the world's kind of relationship and the world's kind of love. John Adept's. So remember John Adept. The next time you watch one of these movies that's teaching you to love wrongly, you say, John Adept. Hmm? I hear John Adept's voice. You should listen to a music that's like that. I hear John Adept singing to me. Huh? Remember the John Adepts. The John Adepts are painting a very distorted concept of courting, dating to the Christian, to the point where you think that is what is the good thing to do. And you follow John Adep's voice. Alright, so this few. And then last one, there's David, right? <clears throat> there's David. David the father. David the father failed Tamar. David the father should have known better than to leave Tamar with Amnon alone. David the father should have known Amnon, his son. But David himself, because of his adultery, again, wrong kind of marriage, wrong kind of relationship in his own life, 
his family got into all sorts of trouble. He was not a good father in this sense. <clears throat> instead of protecting, instead of protecting Tama, he failed to protect her. As a result, terrible things happened to her. <clears throat> when your parents try to protect you, appreciate it. David failed. So with that story <clears throat> from scriptures, I want to emphasize three things. Number one, feelings are very real. What you feel as a young person, even as a teenager, emotions of falling in love, they can be very real. And they can be very strong. They can be very persistent. They can be very overwhelming. They can be very persuasive. Emotions. But <clears throat> learn this. It is not necessarily the right kind of love. Alright? So first, that. The second thing is this. Always ask yourself, when you love someone, or when someone loves you, what should that relationship be like? Tama's, uh, Amnon's idea was purely physical. Physical, that's all. And the moment he got what he wanted, he hated her. Hmm? So, is it physical? Yes, physical. Because sometimes physical can be very deceptive. Um, we go for looks, right? We go for looks. It's very clear here. You say, um, Tama was very fair. So, it's very deceptive. Now, I'm not saying that you must marry ugly people. All right? I'm not saying that at all. But you must know in your heart, what are you being attracted to? And sometimes it's purely physical, emotional, physical. And then the third thing is this. <clears throat> you must always know when there's danger. Tamar was very innocent. She failed to see the danger of being alone with a stepbrother. And when the stepbrother asked the people to leave, she should have known something was not right. So Tamar, now I'm not blaming Tamar, but I'm saying you must learn to be very um, watchful, very vigilant, very, very vigilant. Most of the young people fall because they think they can stand. That's one of the questions. You think things won't, be, things won't go that bad. I would be able to withstand. I trust my stepbrother. You may trust someone, you may trust a man. I speak to the ladies, you may trust a man, a person who you think you can trust. But sometimes you can't trust your own emotions also. What can happen to you? What would you do? <clears throat> there are just too many counselings that are such heartbreaking uh, situations where even Christians, Christians serving in the ministry commit fornication, the girl gets pregnant, they're not married. You think these things don't happen to Christians? They happen even to people in the full-time ministry. It happens just about a year back. It happens. So, my friends, <clears throat> be very vigilant. 
All right, so the few things we want to learn. But the most important one is the emotion part, all right? Now, there are only a few things I want to focus to bring across to you all. How many of you are working? Working people? Okay. <clears throat> the rest are presumed students, right? Now, the first thing I want to emphasize is this. There is a time to be in a BGR relationship. You know, one of the things I realized that over the last few sessions, Adrian and myself, we did, we realized one thing that we learned is that we keep talking about what marriage should be, what relationship should be, <clears throat> and inevitably, we have made, we've forgotten to emphasize the when, so that such that some maybe even very young people will start thinking, oh, okay, now I know all about relationships, what they should be, I want to start one now. All right? So we want to come back to basics. We want to emphasize there is a time when to start. Okay, there is a time. And we go through these questions, and then I'll answer some of these things that I want to bring across. Okay? I recently actually just um, walked past a shop, and then they had this... They were screening some, I think it's a new Disney movie. And then this young boy and girl were kissing. And then, I don't know, the plates or the spoons were singing and asking them to kiss some more. You have that kind of thing. Young, young children, young boys. These are Disney movies. Yeah, and I remember that show, The Little, Little Mermaid. Hmm? Little Mermaid. What's the song on the water when they were in the boat together? Kiss the girl, kiss the girl, kiss the girl. They're not married. Kiss the girl. Where you think the young people learn to kiss before they're married? From all this John Adapt's voice in Disney. Hmm? I used to sit and watch these kind of things with my niece, you know. Now I need to call her and say, erase all those things, please. I'm sorry I bought those videos and watched them with you. <laughs> right, the John Adapt voices at the wrong age. At the wrong age, at the wrong time. <clears throat> okay, so I go through the questions, 50 over. Pray for my voice. Um, now, so the first question I try to prioritize them is, um, when to know that someone is ready for relationship and getting into marriage? Okay, how, how do you know when you are ready for marriage? At what age should we observe a member of the other gender at what age should we consider a relationship for the purpose of marriage? At what age should marriage take place? <coughs> okay. <coughs> Who submitted this question? I don't expect you to answer. <laughs> I don't expect anyone to answer. <coughs> All right. It's a very good question. It's a proper question. Excellent question. At what age? And the person says this. I think you have learned well. The church have taught you well. Bible reference, please. <laughs> At what age? Well, I'm afraid, I don't think we will be able to find specific Bible reference to say at what age. Okay? Uh, the Bible, um, in some instances, do not have specifics, but it has very clear principles. All right? So we definitely can draw the principles. It may not, it may not say at the age of... Um, 22 and 3 months. Uh, no such thing. But there are many principles. 
actually, um, yeah. So in the Bible, actually, you see people getting married very old. You see people getting married young. There was a range of ages also. All right. So the problem is not the age. The issue is about the maturity. Very good. The maturity. All right. The question is maturity. Maturity as well as um, the situation you are in. Okay. Now let's start with maturity. Let's start with situation first. Let's be very, very clear. Um, what is the purpose of marriage? <coughs> this person asked very well. What's the purpose of dating or relationships? What's the purpose? Always for marriage. Okay? Someone asked the question. Maybe I should cover this after this. What is the difference between dating and courtship? Now, the purpose of dating or courtship is always for marriage. <coughs> it is not the concept of the world. Uh, now I'm in secondary school. All my friends have boyfriends. So I have a boyfriend too. Um, and then when I go to year 11, oh, then I'm older. I will choose a different boyfriend or a different kind of girlfriend because then my taste will change. And then when I get into university, ah, then I will change another boyfriend or girlfriend because then I will be looking for different things. Then when I come out of work and so on and so on. <coughs> Dating and courting is not just for partnership, companionship in your life. It is always for, for the Christian, singular purpose. Relationship, starting a relationship is purely because you intend to marry the person. Doesn't mean you will definitely marry the person, hmm? but you start with the purpose of getting mar marrying the person. Okay? Now, then with that purpose in mind, if that were the purpose, then we talk about the age. Um, Ray, how old are you? 13. Um, Ray, tell, Ray says, I want to pursue so-and-so for the purpose of marriage. The purpose is correct. Correct? He got the purpose right. But is the age correct? No. Why? Because at that age, can you fulfill that purpose? You cannot. It's not at the age where you can handle a marriage respon <coughs> responsibilities, right? You can't. So once you think of that, then you realize as a student, as a student, can you fulfill the purpose of marriage? No. So at what age must be able to fulfill the responsibilities of marriage? Have the maturity to do that? And the third one is this. Marriage is also to bring up godly seed for God. Bring godly seed for God. Ready, ready to have baby? Definitely not, right? So should 13, 15, 16, 17-year-old boys and girls be starting a relationship? No. Why? Because the purpose is always for marriage. Unless you have a purpose that is just for relationship. That's it. Should Christians be in such relationships? Absolutely not. Alright? Now, so, <clears throat> the principle is always, are you at that age? We are able to fulfill the role of a husband or a wife in a year or two. Hmm? So maybe you caught for a year or two or three or four. Are you ready? <clears throat> if in two years you are not ready, don't even think of starting anything. If you cannot be ready in two or years or three years to be a father 
or a mother don't even start thinking about starting a relationship because of the purpose. So now someone asks, what's the difference between dating and courtship? Who can tell me? Who wants to try? Hmm. What's the difference between dating and courtship? Hmm. No one? Jesslyn, you want to try? No? Okay. Now, <clears throat> now this is a typical definition. Okay, I'm not saying it's the definition, but it's a typical definition. Typically, people use the word um, courtship to denote um, starting a relationship with someone, having a relationship with someone for the purpose of marriage. Okay? Courtship. But dating typically is the typical definition of dating is being in a relationship. That's it. <laughs> Without a purpose of marriage. Just being in a relationship for companionship, for fun, <clears throat> um, because I like the person at this point. That's it. Okay, that's dating. In other words, dating, you will end up changing partners very often. Means... I, I date you, all right, then after some time, I will be moving on. All right, so dating means typically that. Anyway, the word date <coughs> comes from the word, I have a date with you, means we go do something, all right? Can we set a date? That's the meaning of date, right? Set a date. During the Industrial Revolution, um, or rather after the war, or during the war, women used who used, didn't used to work, they end up needing to go out to work because the men have all gone to war, so they had to go out to work. They were left out of homes. <clears throat> then over time, with the Industrial Revolution, uh, people moved out further. Um, so young girls and young boys that used to stay with their parents and work with their parents ended up um, living and going to cities, living in cities. So, for example, now you live in Perth. All right? So oh, because business is very bad, so you have no choice in order for you to work you have to go to Sydney, all right? So people were just leaving their homes, young people leaving their homes, going to live in um, different cities, and they were alone. <coughs> they were alone, they worked in factories and so on. And then, the other thing about courtship is this. It's, it is chaperoned, all right? Chaperoned means it's typically always with another person present between the couple, with the couple, all right? So they're not alone doing things. That's typical also. And the people were always used to that. But because they all moved away from their homes, um, they started to live on their own. And then they just meet each other and they were very bored. And then they just look at each other. Oh, why don't we make a date? Shall I meet you on this date, on this date? And then people started to go out on their own, alone. On dates. All right? On dates. So that's why it became dating. Understand? That's how we got this term dating. People just made dates with each other without chaperones, it began to change the whole scene. And when they met dates, were they saying that, why didn't they say, I'm, uh, let's, let's, let's court each other? Because they have no intention to get married. It's just men and women deciding to go out together and be a couple in time. They just make dates with each other. So there was no intention for marriage. All right, so typical, that is the definition. Understand? All right, so typically. <clears throat> so... Um, but some Christians will use the word date 
but they actually mean the activity involved, they meant what is the typical courtship activities. Okay? So if you hear a Christian say, uh, I want to date you, um, doesn't mean that he has his in mind that he has no intention of marrying you. He may just use the word. <clears throat> so you just ask back, uh, I said, girl, why you want to date me? <laughs> All right? What's your intention? Hmm? Don't be afraid to ask that. And when eventually you have children, you will ask that. <clears throat> why you want to date my daughter? You intend to marry her? And the boy will run away. <laughs> marry? What are we talking about? I'm not talking about marriage. I'm just going out with her because I like her. That's all. Why do you like her? For what purpose are you liking her? To what end are you liking her? Okay, so for the, for the believer, um, it's always for the purpose of marriage. Okay, so at what age? Is it clear? Don't start anything at an age where you are not ready to be a mother, a father, because and you're not ready for marriage in a couple of years' time. Don't start. Because you're not ready. The purpose of courtship, relationship, is always for marriage. <clears throat> Any questions? No? Now, Jonadab. The voice of Jonadab. They say, but all my friends, their boyfriend and girlfriends, they're all teenagers, they have. They are <clears throat> the world. They are the John Adepts. They have fallen for the voice of John Adept. You take Christianity back uh, 50, 60 years, it was not like that. Dating was never something that Christians accepted. It was not something that they allowed in their own life because it is for no purpose. Hmm? Now, so if you're a student, then it is not. You're not at the age for relationships. Um... But some ask, what, what about final year student? Well, if you're a final year university student, um, well, it's con you can consider because, well, maybe you graduate, then you work for one or two years during all this courtship, three years, you intend to get married. <clears throat> that's, that's still more sensible than when you are very young in college or starting university. You still have a way to go. Okay, it's still a way to go. So, the thing about um, about this is also when you start into dates, you will end up with a lot of heartbreaks. When people, even Christian parents that promote dating, say, I want my children to date. You ask them why. They say, because if they don't date many people, how do they know who they want to marry? So they must They must experience as many different relationships as possible. Then they know what they want. Hmm? Do you ever hear parents say that? But what happens, in fact, most of them say, only if you go through many dating, have many boyfriends and girlfriends, then you will have a stable marriage because you finally know what you want. That is what the world keeps saying. Psychologists keep saying. But the reality is, when you look at data, the time when dating started, divorce, over time, divorce rates began to increase. <clears throat> Remarriages began to increase. They were scratching their heads. They thought, I thought with more dating, people will be more stable. They know what they want. <clears throat> Only to find out that dating creates in a person this behavior. You know what it's called serial dating? 
serial dating means you just keep changing like serial killer serial you just keep changing one after another serial dating serial dating ends up causing in people no commitment very low commitment to a relationship in other words they begin to experience once I don't like his face anymore I don't like her voice anymore I don't like her hair anymore they say I look for another one once someone else who comes along at a point of time that strike their fancy, they ch- decide to change. <clears throat> it developed in the young people the, cons- the behavior of not following through a relationship and they start to, I get married. It's just like dating. I, I marry you, but once I don't like you anymore, I move on. I divorce you and I marry someone else. Dating causes those kind of problems. But dating... <coughs> causes terrible heartaches for young people. Why do you want to go through that? I was trying to find this video. I couldn't find it on the internet. <coughs> About how this young girl avoids dating. Oh, I'm not sure my voice will hold up. Avoid dating. And, you know, they talk about... They use the young people use this word. The whole drama of... BGR, drama. It's a big drama. And as they mature, they realize it's all just a big drama when they were young. And they went through so many broken relationships, so many heartaches, because when you are young, you do not really know how to handle relationships yet. You do not really know what you want yet. And you end up with a lot of heartaches. Now, it's very, 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 very rare that someone say, oh, I start at this age, then I'm, I'm with this person until all the way we get married 10 years later. <clears throat> Very rare. Usually, if a person starts dating and date, 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 date in 10 years, probably change eight, nine partners and the heart all broken up. And very sad because that is not how God meant for you. God meant someone for you. If God meant for you to get married, there is someone that someone will turn up one day. You just wait. But if you keep giving your heart away, and keep getting heartbroken. By the time even when God brings that person around, you are in such a messed up state. You don't even know how to appreciate a relationship anymore. You will always live in doubt, you know. There are people who write, Christians who write books, how they, in fact, you try and get hold of this book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, something like that. Um, How, you know, they really realize that over time, case after cases, <coughs> when they are in a relationship, they find it difficult to trust because their hearts have been broken so many times. They have been dumb so many times. They can't give themselves to love as the Bible wants them to love, even eventually in marriage. And also when they go on honeymoon together, some Christians, right? The thoughts of this ex, that ex, the other ex just keeps going through his or her mind during the honeymoon or during marriage. And then you sit there and you look at your husband or your husband looks at you and then you're wondering, you wonder at, you're wondering who is she thinking of or who, and she's wondering who are you thinking of. You see, when you go through serial relationships, all these memories that are unnecessary, they begin to crowd you. Keep yourself and wait. Be patient. 
know that emotions are real. We understand that. It's true. It's true. The Bible tells us that. You are at an age, many of you, that can be very, your emotions can be very active. Very. <clears throat> Especially in um, year 11. That's what, how old is year 11? 16, 17, or maybe this generation earlier even. It can be very active. But the point is this. You have emotions, that's it. It's just emotions, that's all. You, as long as you know this is not the time to start, you need to identify two very clear things in your mind. Number one, I am a student now. This is, I'm not ready for relationships. Number two, emotions are real because you struggle. If I shouldn't be in relationships, how come every time I see him, my heart begins to melt? How come every time I see her, you know, I just everything starts fade away and it's only her face? I don't hear anyone's voice. You go to bed, how come when I go to bed? Oh, I just keep thinking of him or her. If I'm not supposed to be in a relationship, then why is this happening? The answer is just simply, there are emotions that happen to you at your age. You need to go and take a cold shower. Huh? Just take a cold shower. <laughs> okay, I wake up to my senses. And that's it. You know why I tell you this? You must differentiate between what is right and what is feelings. Feelings are real. Because one day you will get married, if God is willing that you get married, and when you're married, don't think that married people have no feelings. Why do you think there are so many divorces? Why do you think there are so many adulteries? Because even after you're married, emotions are still going to come. You're married to a husband or a wife, and then you see someone else, and you say, oh, that one better. And then you start thinking, ah, then you go to bed at night, oh, who's who keep thinking of the person? Then you go through all that thing in your heart. You think it doesn't happen to married people? It happens also. But what does a married person do? You realize that there's adultery. You just stop the feeling and move on. Avoid the person. Get it out of your life. That's it. But because some people think like that, <clears throat> as long as I have emotion means it is something real. It is not. It is not. <clears throat> Tamar, eh, Amnon had very real feelings. His kind of love, as a wife, I think you wish that your husband feel like that about you one day. Wow, think of me and you cannot sleep, cannot eat if I'm not around. But even that was not real. Feelings are just feelings. Put them aside. Understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? Very important, huh? Because someone asked, but I feel this, but I feel that, but I feel this. Yes, they are just feelings. If you're not at the age, just forget it. Move on. Okay? <clears throat> so age. Have I covered age enough? Okay? <laughs> I must look at the teens, not. Very important. Do you have any questions? Do you have any questions? No. I'm so not disappointed. <laughs> it means that they are not thinking of these things. That is what you should be. I'm not at the age to think about these things. Ask question, ask what? You know? I just want to study God's word and I want to grow. So I'm very glad you did not. No, I'm saying I'm not saying that you cannot. <clears throat> but at least it means that you're not interested. You will face pressure, right? Do you do you have classmates that have boyfriends and girlfriends? At the age? They hold hands. Wow. Act like they're married. 
Whoa. How old? Fifteen. Right? Are they ready for marriage? Definitely not. Are the emotions, real emotions are very real. It is there. But by the time they, they meet the person to marry, their life is in such a mess. Keep yourself. Keep yourself. It's, it will be very, very wonderful when <coughs> you wait and when it's the right person. Then you marry the person. And then your honeymoon. You're the first time you're going on holiday together. <coughs> first time you're doing things together as man and wife. Very wonderful. You have no other memories except each other. Keep yourself for that. Huh? Guys, girls, that's it. <coughs> now, next one. So can I give you a Bible reference? No. But can I give you principles? Yes. The Bible is very clear. Always in the Bible, all betrothing, all courtships, always for the purpose of marriage. That's the principle. And once you draw from that principle, then, is this age correct? No, I can't get married yet. Therefore, this age is wrong. Okay, so next. Now, let us, let, let's, let's say I brought a friend to church. How do I know if the person is truly saved, but, pure, but not purely because he wants to be with me? Okay, so sometimes <coughs> a guy in school says, I want to go to your church. And say, is this guy interested in me or is he really interested in God? How do you know? Very easy, right? You say, okay, uh, my uncle Alan will be picking you. And then when you reach church, uh, Uncle Ichung will be sitting with you. And then after that, uh, Reverend Joseph will be talking to you. <laughs> right? Then straight away you know whether he wants to come. You say, oh, I don't want already. Then you know. Alright, then you know. <clears throat> now, always know this. You never know, okay? But always let the guys take care of the guys, the girls of the girls, okay? So when you bring a boy or a girl, leave it with the brothers for the guy, leave it with the sisters. And then just let it be. <clears throat> sometimes they truly come for, for that, but sometimes over time they change also. Alright, we... We don't know, but the best is you don't get involved. Okay? Now, avoid this boy teach girl, girl teach boy, boy counsel girl, girl counsel boy kind of thing. Avoid it as far as possible. That's why we always want, and typically, ministers should be married. So when they need to counsel, they have the wife around. Right? <coughs> typically that. <coughs> so now, next. How God wants a boy to act when he or she is in a relationship? Um, <clears throat> okay, when I answer these questions from now on, you're very clear in your mind, I'm not talking to you all. <laughs> right? I'm talking to those who are ready to enter courtship. Who are they? People who are ready to be in a marriage in a few years' time, to be mother or to be father. Because you don't know, right? You get married within the first 12 months, you might have a baby. You can't say, oh, I'm ready later, but you don't know. Babies might come. <clears throat> also, the maturity to handle life. Understand or not? The maturity to handle life. A guy may be 50 years old. Not 50. A guy may be 35 years old. A guy may be 35 years old, but still a kid, right? It's not mature. He may even have some, one ask if enough money can or not. He may have a lot of money, but he's not mature. Okay? So maturity means that, huh? Now, if you see a guy or a girl that always backslide, come back, backslide, come back, backslide, come back, but he's like 
30 years old, then he says that, you know, I'm mature. Uh, well, I will take care of you. Or keeps changing job. What would you think in your mind? If I marry him, will he keep changing, changing? Will he be stable for me? Now, so for guys, you must show maturity and stability. Otherwise, the girls will also worry. If I marry him, will he keep changing, changing until, you know, my life will be in a mess? Alright, maturity. <coughs> um, so how should a boy and girl react with each other? The simple word is this. Until you are married, you do not act as husbands and wife. Okay? You understand that or not? Means no, don't, don't treat each other like husband and wife. Hold hand, uh, um, touch each other, both kiss each other, you know, that kind of thing. You're not married. You act like brothers and sisters in Christ. Of course, you'll be closer, you do things together, but no, you, the man must never take advantage of her like, her like she's your wife. The wife, the woman should never treat him like he's your husband. Okay, maybe I jump to this question. Someone asked then, <coughs> is it okay? Um, where is it? Is it okay? I can't find it now. Um, is it okay for a couple? I just paraphrase. Now, is it okay for a couple um, when they are courting to um, hold hands and then to um, bump each other and then to pinch each other? Uh, that kind of thing. All right. So the person asked that. No. Okay. No. You know why? <coughs> Actually, why? Why do you think so? Why do you think not? Can hmm. Elaine? Why do you think not? Dangerous. Okay. Yeah. Good. Number one, dangerous. Now, any form of touching reduces the physical barrier. You know, it's a physical barrier. Means the 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 the, the barrier that sh- the invisible barrier is We don't touch each other. Hmm? <coughs> When the physical barrier drops, it will lead to the next thing. That's why we do not encourage holding hands. Um, and I quoted Dr. To before, Dr. Reverend To before. Yeah, hold, holding hands, no, because um, it will lead to the next thing. It will lead to more physical intimacy. <coughs> okay. You can understand, right? There's always a physical barrier between boys and girls, right? Except little ones. Huh? Now, little ones, when we have DVBS or Sunday school, you see boy and girl, they just hold hand and walk, right? Hmm? Once you grow to a certain age, no more. Okay, the physical barrier will be there already. It'll be natural. Can you imagine... Um, Ray, Ray is 13... Ray E thinks he's still a kid and then Jesslyn thinks she's still a kid and then both of them hold hands and walk around each other swinging hands like that. You know, all of us, oh, what's happening? Once you reach a certain age, that barrier naturally comes on board. So once you break that barrier, it will lead to more intimacy. Right? That's why we discourage that, number one. But number two, there's another important reason. <coughs> that is this. Because you are not husband and wives yet, you never know. You never know. 
in every church, in every, in every church, we have seen over and over again. Two percent together for years already. It's, everyone assumes they're getting married already. Go through premarital counseling already. One week before the wedding, break up. Very often, not unusual. <clears throat> For whatever reason, in the last minute. Until you are married, then you are married. So you imagine, uh, girls, you let him hold your hand. Mm, you let him pinch you. You let him put her arms around you. You let him do things to you. And then in the end, you don't get married. What happens? Yes, I always remember that. The Bible says, do not defraud thy brethren. In other words, <clears throat> the brother also. Who you are with may be someone's wife. Right now. Because you may be with this girl, but if it's not God's will, things don't work out. Your part ways. She's actually someone's wife, you know. God intending her for marrying someone else. But you took advantage of her. You defraud your brother. That's what the Bible says. So do not have these things until you are married. Because you really don't know. Okay, that's two good reasons, right? <clears throat> the physical barrier and the other is the you're not married. You're not married. In fact, uh, <clears throat> I think the more you do these things, the more after you're married, you won't do. The more you look forward to the first time you hold hands, the first time you kiss, the first time you embrace in marriage, it will be very precious. Hmm? Okay, that's my view anyway. Alright, so now. Um, how can a Christian couple be a good testimony to others? Do all these things. Behave as brethren. Close, be a good testimony. Very good. I, I'm like many of those who are courting. They actually tell us. If you ever see us behaving unseemly, please tell us. We don't want to stumble others. That's important. Okay, so that's good. So don't act like husband and wives. Okay. <clears throat> Next, um, is it appropriate for university students to be in relationship or should they wait until they start working? Um, like I said, if you're final year university, now I'm not saying the moment I say that everyone final year should go and look for boyfriend and girlfriend. All right? So what I'm saying is at least final year is at least appropriate, right? Um, yeah, better if you wait till you start working, have some form of stability. You know, you change, you know, you will change. At this age, you may really think, this is the one. There can't be anyone else. This is the one. <clears throat> Believe me, when you start working, or when you're in university, this is not the one. This is another one. And especially for girls, I want to say this. Actually, for guys too. If you find the wrong husband or wife, one day, if you're a safe believer, if you're, a, if you're saved, okay, <clears throat> Do you believe God say the perseverance of saints, right? Means you persevere to the end. In the beginning, you may be a, a so-called a Christian that is worldly. Then you choose a worldly boyfriend or worldly girlfriend. But believe this, if you're a true child of God, over time, you, would, you will want to draw close to God. You will want to love God. You will want to serve God. But because you chose the wrong husband or wife, at that time when you want to, you find that that person doesn't want to. It will be a very miserable life. And you know what happens? Very often, because they start very early, 
They start very early in life, in relationship, then they go on, go on, go on. And then it begin to change, it begin to grow. But I've been with this boy or with this girl for so long. Everyone expects us to get married, so I just get married. And then after that, you start to love God, you want to serve God. The guy says, no, no, no. You think it's, it's, it's not real? It is real. It happens in this church. It's happening in this church. It happens in many churches. It happened in, in my relative's life, I see. When this relative of mine wants to marry an unbeliever, I keep telling her, no, you will regret it. At the time, she was very... Backslided, she left the world. <coughs> I said, you will regret it. True enough, over time, as you, as you walk in her life, if you're a true believer, God will draw you back. God won't leave you wondering. She began to love the Lord, <coughs> want to go to church, husband don't want to. Next thing you know, husband in a adulterous relationship. It will happen. Your life will be in misery. In fact, at that time, there was a very good Christian pursuing this relative of mine. <coughs> she turned him down because he's very square. The other guy, very suave, very good-looking, very stylo, very worldly-wise. That was what she was looking at. But when, she, when the Lord drew her back, it's very miserable. You'll pay the cost. All right? So, next... Um, We don't have enough time. So I'll skip those that are really about marriage, okay? It's not so much for you. Can a person such as high, in high school student who are under 18 enter into a relationship? What do you think? Can a high school student who are under 18 enter into a relationship? Can or not? <clears throat> not wise, right? Not mature enough? Not ready for marriage? Now, but let me ask you. If, because uh, in, in some years back, People get married like 18 years old, hmm? 20 years old. Now it gets older and older, 25. So back then, were they wrong? <coughs> no. The maturity was very different from us. At that time, at 18 years old, there are people who have to go out and work, take care of brothers and sisters, do farming, take care of the family. When father is not around, the 16-year-old boy is the man in the house. The maturity, understand? Now, if you are not a student, you're a poor family, and you've been working and supporting your family, you're very mature, more mature than other people at your age of 18, can you get married? Yes. So it's not a magic number, understand? It is the maturity. But of course, all of you think I'm mature. <laughs> right? <clears throat> now, next. Um, is there... Is age gap really a problem for relationship <coughs> slash marriage? Um, depends on the age gap. Yes, it can be a problem. It can also not be a problem. Um, what was the age gap between Abraham and Sarah? Ten years. Very good. Ten years. Ten years difference. Right? So that was an example of ten years difference. Were they a loving couple? <coughs> a loving couple. All right? So... Um, there's 10 years. Now, what if it's like 20 years, 15 years? What do you think? Ichie, what do you think? 15 years. Should you shake your head? Why? <clears throat> don't know or no? Don't, don't really know. 
the thinking, the, 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 the maturity of minds are quite different. All right? In, initially, it's all very romantic. Oh, these little girls, or, or, or this, or if the other way around, this, this little boy, <laughs> it's all romantic and all that, but when you start to get married, life is different. Marriage is real. You have to make real decisions. And then you always, this little boy, you know, always this little girl just cannot understand what I'm trying to tell her. This guy just cannot understand the severity of the problem at home. The time is not so cute anymore. Hmm? So the difference, it can become a challenge. All right, so you have to think very carefully. <coughs> very, very carefully. <coughs> Especially if the, if the lady is much older than the man. You know what's the problem? Leadership becomes a difficulty, right? This man who is trying to lead a woman who is 15 years older, it will be difficult. She may say, I eat more salt than you eat rice. And you have a problem, right? So it's difficult. It's difficult. In reality, the man may really know she's more mature than me. It's a problem, all right? So those are reality of life. So you better be careful. But there are age gaps that is in the Bible. But not too big, huh? Too big. Maturity is a problem. Um, Next. What is the purpose of Christian marriage? Westminster Confession of Faith. Marriage was ordained for the mutual help of husband and wife. Number one, understand as a Christian, marriage, WCF 24.2, for mutual help of husband and wife, Genesis 2.18, is to help each other. It's not good for men to be alone, right? That is why God created Eve. So it's to help. Now, when both of you are not mutually at the right level, you can't help each other and get problems. Number one, that number two, the increase of mankind with legitimate issue means reproduction, procreation. You cannot say I want to get married and don't have babies. Okay? So learn that. Huh? Learn that. You can't say I want to get married and don't have babies. For the Christian, it's always to bring up godly seed, to produce godly Christians. Bring them up so that they will serve God in this world. So number two. Number three, um, <coughs> for, prevention, for preventing of uncleanness. 1 Corinthians 7, uncleanness <coughs> means um, <coughs> prevent fornication. Have your own wife, have your own husband. Marriage for that purpose, biblical purposes. Okay, so with that, then you think, uh, <coughs> are you ready for that? Now, next one. <coughs> what do you do? Uh, this one, many questions around this one. What do you do when you have found out that a few brothers in Christ, wow, a few, I didn't notice this word few, now that I'm ready. A few brothers in Christ have a crush on you without telling you. Hmm. Which beautiful girl is this? What to do also when you have a crush on one of them? How to guard your heart and, and take action? <clears throat> the crush is a believer. Okay, I'm not sure. Then. The crush is a believer. I guess one is a crusher, one is a crushy. <laughs> the crush is a believer. Both, both of us know we have crushed. Okay. But have not confessed. Both of you have crushed, but have not confessed, alright? Now, actually, this is not the only person who asked this, a few. <clears throat> Someone just told me that, told me this another day also. 
a guy told me, a lot of sisters have, is pursuing me. I was like, <laughs> okay, so we settle this. Huh? What do you do when you found out that a few brothers <clears throat> have crushed on you without telling you? So the question is, how do you find out? <laughs> Alright, so that's my first question. How do you find out if no one has told you? Um, I want to say this. Um, don't misread things. We can misread things very badly. Alright? Um, because the case in point is just this one. <clears throat> this guy said, well, a few girls chasing me. I said, really? And he said, oh, this one, this one. But I know them. And I know these girls were trying to help this brother get back to Christ. They have no intention at all. They don't like him actually. <laughs> I have no heart to tell him that. <laughs> they actually don't like him at all. He said, this guy is so weak, so hopeless. You better help him. Uh. They don't like him. But this, this guy thought, oh, all these girls are chasing me, chasing after me. So we can misread things very, very badly. All right? So don't read too much. Okay? If someone gives you something... <coughs> Don't think that the person wants to marry you straight away. Right? So don't read too much. Just, just go on. <clears throat> anyway, if they have a crush on you, because there are these questions, so how do I respond? How do I tell the person off? Well, the answer is very simple. Now, if you really, really know, if you really know, okay, means the person told you I have a crush on you. Hey, by the way, I have to define, right? What is crush? What is infatuation? Okay, crush... Here I try to get some definition. Where is it? Now, basically, crush is um, a strong passion, emotional passion or feeling towards another person that may be temporary. Same for infatuation, right? You know the word infatuation. <clears throat> also, uh, um, a passion, an emotional passion, a feeling that you have for someone that is also, that can be just passing and can be based on nothing. <coughs> and then you have this word, <coughs> seldom used nowadays, excuse me, it's called puppy love. You ever heard of puppy love? No. My time a lot is used very often, puppy love. Okay? Puppy love. There was a song even sung by Donnie Osmond, I think. Puppy love. It's like, you know, you see a puppy, then you, oh, so cute, so cute. And you love puppy. Yeah. It's that kind of emotion. It's just that. Just a, <clears throat> just a feeling. And it is not what is the mature, stable, rational love. Okay? It's just emotional. Now, so there's a crush, all right? Um... Okay, so then if you really, really know, then you tell the person, uh, say, look, um, brother, because it happens, it happens to people, and they have asked me what to do. I say, tell the person, <coughs> I'm very flattered uh, that you're interested in me, uh, but um, I don't believe that this relationship, that anything is meant to be between you and I, so um, can we just be brothers and sisters in Christ? And the person graciously say, okay, I understand. Alright? So be mature. Be mature in church. If you like someone, really like someone, 
Be mature. That's why when you're young, don't end up in relationship. Uh, there are a few questions also. <clears throat> you know, I just someone just told me last night actually we were having the region facilitators meet, uh, meeting. They said, in this church in the past, those of you who have been here longer than me, people have left this church because relationship didn't work out. Very sad, you know. It shows one thing: they were never, they were not mature enough to be in a relationship in the first place. Just be mature. We pursue someone, <coughs> it didn't work out, and then we graciously part ways and be brothers and sisters in Christ. It has happened in church too. It's happened in this church too. Hmm? They're still here serving joy- joyfully together. No big deal. No big deal. Hmm? That's why also uh, don't act like husband and wives. It'll be very difficult when you break up. No face. <laughs> huh? Okay, so so if the person really, then tell the person. <clears throat> if you dare not tell the person, it's probably you don't know. Right? Now, he say, both of us know we have crushed on each other, but have, but, but have not confessed. Is it wise to apologize to your crush or stirring up emotions <clears throat> or ignore, forget and cut off the feelings for your crush? When things go wrong and it's not according to God's will. Is it wise to apologize? Yes, it is wise. Now, if you have not started anything, if the person no need to go and apologize, I'm so sorry, I have a crush on you. Because I didn't even know. You know, very shameful, right? Just, 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 if you know it's not God's will, because the question is if you know it's not God's will, not according to God's will, maybe you realize that you're a kid and it's an adult now. It always happens huh, in church also. In schools, very common. The young boys will have crushed over their teachers, the young girls will have crushed over their teachers, the older. Those things happen <clears throat> in church too. Maybe you have a crush over an older Christian in church, a brother who serves God, and you admire them, you mix that feeling with love. Then you know it's not God's will, you're too young. And then you say, then just forget it. Just stop the feelings and then move on. Sometimes it means that for a period, I just don't hang around the person. But I'm not saying don't talk to the person, okay? Because the person will wonder what he did wrong. To you. What are the boundaries set between singles in relationship and after marriage? What are the boundaries? I made it very clear. We discourage, we strongly discourage physical contact between dating people because it is always that that leads to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Now, let me give you an example. If the boy never hold your hand before, hmm, then he comes up to you. You've been together maybe a year. He never hold your hand before. The first time he comes up to you and he kiss you, what will you do? Whoa. <laughs> slap. I'm sure more than slap. <laughs> huh? Slap and jump on him and stomp on him. Huh? Right? Now, but if he's been holding your hand for some time, when he kisses you, you probably will not resist. Maybe when you're holding hand, you already have all those emotions. Remember that. So don't have that barrier broken down. Reserve it for marriage. <clears throat> okay so next um, so how to behave in church as brothers and sisters well the bible says the older women as mothers thus the, the young ladies as sisters treat each other as brothers and sisters in Christ okay if you have feelings keep it to yourself sometimes the feeling pass 
Okay. Courting and dating, I explained already. Now, if you're studying or working, how do you split the bills when you're dating for dinner? Or those who are working. Now, if you're studying or working, how do you split the bills? You see, if you cannot even afford dinner together, how to get married, right? So, that proves the point. When you're school, you, you should not be thinking about all these things. Now, how do you split the bill? I thought Australian way, right? Always go Dutch. You pay yourself, I pay myself. I don't know. Up to you. <coughs> um, up to you. Well, the guys should always offer to pay. And then the girls should always offer to pay back. <laughs> okay, now, so I think it's not much of a question, but, but the point is this. Um, actually, we also encourage courtship to be with other Christians around. Okay? Don't spend private time alone. Very dangerous. The temptation is too great. You will fall. So do things together. I'm not saying you can't talk on the phone to be to each other, you know, be alone with each other. In, but be very safe environment. Okay? Don't think that you will stand because you will fall, the Bible says. Now you understand why in camp we are very stringent about rules. Okay? Down, at least this kind of camp is all like little chalet. <clears throat> in camps in Singapore, sometimes it's really campsites. After a certain hours, no boys visiting girls, no girls visiting boys. That kind of thing, all right? Very strict because temptations happen. You think it doesn't happen? It happens in church where they end up committing fornication. You think it don't happen? I heard even a pastor committed fornication with a, a, a church member at a church camp. You think it doesn't happen? It happens. So know that it's very easy for men to fall. Hmm? So don't put yourself in those situations because the question is... <clears throat> also about okay I just move Matthew 6.33 seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and so on now he says this person says how do we learn to wait patiently for God's timing especially during times where we feel it's hard to wait and fear of never being married to creep in what should we do when feelings for another person keeps coming into our minds feelings not just for relationship <coughs> but for purpose of marriage and serving together. Now, I'm assuming that this person is asking, the person who asked this is someone who is marriageable age. I mean, it's not a student. <coughs> ready to get married. So this person, assuming you're ready to get married, if you're not ready to get married, means you're a student, still young, the, question, the answer is simply, stop all the feelings. It is just feelings. Stop it. Okay? But if you're at a marriageable age, you, serve, you seek God's kingdom first, and then a person keeps come to, coming to your mind. <clears throat> the first thing you do, you pray. You must believe in prayer, right? You're a believer. You pray, God, if this is the person, then you show me and cause the person also to feel the same way. Hmm? And then God bring us together. Pray, lah. that's it. That's all you can do. <clears throat> and fear of never being married starts to creep in. A Christian should never fear being single. Why? Because I preach at prayer meeting, right? All that are thine are mine, and mine are thine. What is Christ wanting the disciples to know? Now I belong to Jesus. 
Jesus belongs to me. That is all that I need on earth. You should never be afraid to be single. Now, did Paul, did Paul want the people to marry? I want to address this now because I think that is why there are so many questions about, about this, this topic because we are all very anxious to have boyfriend, girlfriends, or to get married. Okay? <clears throat> Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 17. First Corinthians chapter 17. Hi, I'm at page two only. There's four pages. First Corinthians chapter 17. Verse 26. There's no 17. <coughs> I'm is it first Corinthians seven? I think it should be seven. Verse twenty-six. Okay, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 26. Now, um, verse, shall we read verse 25 to verse 28 together? Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my command, give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. Verse 26 to 28 together. I suppose, therefore... <coughs> Oh, please hurry up, go get married. No, Paul said, for the present distress, as we live in this world, it's getting harder and harder. It is good for a man so to be, to be single. So likewise for the woman. In fact, he's saying that for the woman, look at verse 32. Shall we read verse 32 together? <clears throat> but I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried, carry for the things that belong to the Lord. How he may please the Lord. But he that is married, carried for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. And also likewise for the wife, <coughs> verse 34, carried for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. See, Paul says that when you get married, there will be a lot of responsibilities. It's true. You may want to serve the Lord care with, without care, but you realize you can't anymore. <coughs> Because you have to care for your husband. You have to care for your wife. You have to care for your children. So Paul says, it is actually good to be single. But because we love, we love the concept of marriage, we love to have someone with us, we love our own life so much that serving God without care is not attractive. Hmm? Because of that. So it is... Don't think that it is such an evil thing if God meant for you to be single. It can be something that you can really enjoy serving God without hindrance. It's so wonderful. Reverend hmm? Koshi always say that if he didn't get married, if he weren't married, he would charge even harder. But because he's married, he also knows that he can enjoy his duty of bringing up godly seed. But without that, he would charge differently. You know, So that's the reality of life. Not that those are married is bad. Okay, if God meant for you to be married, you will have the blessing. You will enjoy your marriage, God will use your marriage to serve Him. 
Okay? So don't keep thinking that I must be married. So now, don't worry about the creeping, <coughs> the fear of being married, not being married, never being married, creeps in. When that fear comes, read these verses, and remember, I belong to Jesus, Jesus belongs to me. I'm married to him. I'm, that is all that makes me happy. Now, I say, what should we do when feelings for another person... No, that's it. Okay, now, again, what should you do if a brother expresses interest in you? <clears throat> what should you do if a brother expresses interest in you, another one, and asks you for lunch, dinner, shortly after expressing interest in you? What is a biblical and godly thing to do? Now, what should a brother... When a brother express interest... Now, express interest is very relative. Okay? The person may be seeing you doing something in the kitchen... While you're carrying everything, then he walk up and help you to carry. Say, express interest in me. No, I'm just helping you. Okay, express interest means the person actually walk up and say, uh, Sister so and so, um, I'm expressing interest in you <laughs> <laughs> to start a courtship with you before I speak to your father. <laughs> no, courtship proper. Huh? Boys learn this, men. You want to court the lady, <coughs> must ask her head. Remember at wedding, he transfer head to you. You must ask the head. You should. It is it is proper <coughs> for you to tell the father. I wish to court your daughter for marriage. No, I want to date your daughter. That's it for fun. So be honourable. <coughs> Very good, right? They will definitely think twice before they ask you out for dinner. So ask you out for dinner immediately after expressing interest. <coughs> um, if it is a dinner, just to sit down and have dinner, well, go for dinner, but, but must believer, obviously believer. And then ask it, well, we ask another couple to come along. Ask Reverend Joseph and Sister Sharon to come along. You know, have chaperone with you. Get to know each other like that. Okay. So in the beginning, it should be like that. Okay, Adrian, Adrian actually volunteered to be chaperone. In other words, for lamppost. <laughs> okay, so now. No, seriously, he did. Um, okay, is it okay to hold hands, physically tease each other, bumping, nudging, friendly, pinching? No, uh, so answer that question already. Actually, the answer is this. <clears throat> the person may not be your wife, you know, one day, or your husband. Would you like someone to be doing that to your wife, huh, guys? Would you like someone to have done that to your wife when they were courting? Would you like that? You won't like that, right? So don't, okay? She might be someone else's wife. Until you get married, you can pinch all you want, okay? Now, next. What should a sister do if she starts to develop an interest for a brother while serving together, the Lord together? <clears throat> Similarly, what should a brother do if he starts to develop interest? Same, huh? You know it's cabin fever? Cabin fever is all of you in the same cabin. In one small cabin. The cabin gets very hot. All of you, very, very hot. It's like, wow, a lot of emotions going on. Uh, cabin fever. Sometimes serve God can end up in cabin fever. Or we should call church van cabin. Church van fever. <laughs> all of us crammed up in one church van. Huh? These things can happen. If you are a teenager, if you are a student, whatever feeling you feel, just say it's a feeling. I've got to stop this feeling. That's it. I'm not ready for marriage. I wait for the man, the right one to come along. Alright? Now, if you're a marriageable age and then you're serving together, 
and then you develop feeling, I think it's a good thing. That's where you find your spouse. In serving, you observe how's the girl, how's the guy. Uh, does the guy bully Shen Rei? Uh, is he someone who bullies uh, boys, uh, hammers? Uh, now this can't hammer him, he's so tall already. You know, bullies people, or is someone who's kind? Go to old folks' home, no interested in old folks. The old folks drop something, no help the old folks. Uh, scold the old folks some more. No love. Then you begin to observe, right? And you begin to know. That's why serving together is very good. But of course, people can pretend. Uh, okay, those I can't help. People pretend. <coughs> there are people who would pretend. There are people who are always told, who are always going old folks home. The moment get married, disappear already. No more old folks home. Old folks home was a cotton ground. Very sad. Shouldn't be. Okay? Um, so then what should you do? I guess many questions is, should the, guy, should the girl tell the guy? It's repeated. And then they ask in church camp also. How should I answer this? What was Dr. Koshi's answer? Huh? Go for it, then. <clears throat> the girl can tell the guy. Up to you. Uh. If you're the kind of girl who say, I don't mind asking, I'm very thick-skinned. By all means, ask. Okay? Because another one asks, if I keep liking him, uh, yeah, if you're thick-skinned, go ask. Oh. Your skin must be thick enough to bear the rejection. Okay? So, then you can. Uh. But I would suggest this. Who, who like to get married and say, I chased him? <laughs> I wish girl like that. Girl always wants to be wooed, right? You pray. Uh. You pray. I know many girls do that. They pray. And if it's God's will, God brings it to pass. The guy starts to develop interest. You believe in prayer? This is the test. You pray. Um, don't politic. Don't strategize. Someone say, wow. Someone ask this question. Some people strategize and do bad things, you see. Do bad things to get the man they want. Don't do those things, okay? Now, Alright, so is it okay? Well, <clears throat> see how you express it. I think the guys will get a hint. Uh, okay? Um, but if you really want to ask, I don't think there's a Bible verse that says it is a sin. Okay? Um, but by and large, you see in, in courtship in the Bible, <coughs> it's the man that um, the woman is brought to the man. Okay, we'll talk about matchmaking afterwards. There's a question. Oh, it's here already. Okay, so now. So when you serve together, you get to know each other, and you say, oh, this is a suitable person for life, partner, and you've been serving for a few years, not a, a few days only. Oh, this is the one. Okay, someone, it's like that, no? a few months only, this is the one already. This is definitely the one, the person said. This is the one. I never had any feeling like that before in the past. I know I admit that I had many before. And I always say it wasn't, but this one is different. And then I told the guy, you will be saying that to me later, that this one will be different again. He said, this one is definitely different. This one, I have conviction. Hmm? How long you know the person? A few months. It takes more than a few months, all right? Takes more than a few months, and you serve together. Then you will know. In fact, even today, I'm still learning about Sharon. I'm sure she's still learning about me. It's a lifetime. <coughs> it takes much longer to know a person. Someone once, someone recently told me, 
said, I thought I knew the person, but actually I didn't. And the, they've been known each other for years in this church. Say, but I actually didn't know. Okay, so you'll be surprised. <clears throat> now what? Next. This. Um, very good question. How should a brother? How should you? How do you face a brother or sister at church after they have rejected you? So be very careful before you ask, right? Be very sure. Pray. Now, when you are at the mature age to court, and you've done everything proper, you ask the person <coughs> honorably. I'm interested in you, sister. Um, would you be interested in um, considering um, courtship with me for purpose of marriage? If you ask properly, all right, and the person say, um, no, I don't think so, then be mature about it. You're mature. That's why you're ready for a relationship. And say, okay, you know, thank you, but if you change your mind, let me know. <laughs> all right? So... Proper, it's just proper, it's just, it's just like that, that's it. Nothing wrong with, with that. You have done things properly. Okay? Now, the worst is this, and I hope we never see this in church. Huh? Guys pursue girls. Oh, buy things, give things, oh, but don't say one, no? And then, wow, do all sorts of things like you only do for someone you're pursuing, but don't say. Then, after that, halfway through, change mind. Then, stop suddenly. So this person, how, how do you overcome a heartache? When people start to do those things to you, then you ask, mm, brother, why are, you, why are you buying me all these things? Hmm? Just ask. <clears throat> Don't develop feelings. Remember this. Even in courtship, now, we're very brutal in premarital counseling. Eh? And I'll be very frank with you, and I hope you are willing to learn this. This is old-fashioned courtship. And I believe it's biblical courtship. Do not fall in love. <laughs> he almost choked on his water. <laughs> when you're courting, do not fall in love when you're courting. Do not give your heart away when you're courting. Okay? That way your heart won't be broken. What I mean is this. I'm not saying you, you have no feelings at all and then you just who are like clinical, no emotions. You probably scare the guy away. But what I'm saying is don't give your heart away like you would give your heart away to your husband or to your wife. Understand? Courtship is a, period, is a time of evaluation. Understand? Evaluating each other for suitability of marriage, biblical to fulfill biblical responsibilities. That is what courtship is. That is the most important part of your courtship, is to find out all those things. I will tell you, do not say I love you until your marriage day. You know, I preached, I taught this upstairs three years ago, one night. One old man was sitting in the, in the, in the adult fellowship. He walked up to me and shake, his hand, shake my hand so vigorously. He's, he was apparently an old-timer here and then just happened to come that night. And then he said, yes, during my time, we never say I love you until after marriage. And I said, good. <laughs> <coughs> do, 
why a lot of people have heartache because they have a wrong concept of marriage. They think the moment they start courting, they have become husband and wives. They give each other all their love um, and, and all that. You give your heart away. Okay, Be careful. Guard your heart. I'm not saying there's no emotions. Huh? If you completely have no emotion, then you're so worried. It's like, oh, you know, I'm marrying a stone. <laughs> no emotions at all. But guard it. Okay, then your heart won't be broken. Do you agree with me? Understand? Because you and I, we are constantly exposed to Korean romance movies, Taiwanese romance movies, um, Hollywood romance movies. Our whole concept of courtship and dating is purely that. That's all. You just go and read those Victorian days. You see how they're called. It's totally different. Okay? So please learn that. Now, so, <clears throat> how should you react if you break up with someone? Now, after you break up. So, in this case, after you started a relationship. Or how do you overcome, wait, the first one, how do you overcome a broken heart? How do you overcome a broken heart? <clears throat> or rather, how you avoid a broken heart? Well, how do you overcome a broken heart? Sometimes you just have to take comfort in the Lord. No? Okay, relationships sometimes don't work. That's why I always tell the guys and the girls, be very, very sure. Remember Excel spreadsheet? Excel spreadsheet, right? Those of you who remember Excel spreadsheet? Use the Excel spreadsheet and tabulate all the requirements first. All the biblical principles, fit or not. Because your, when emotions are involved, all those things go out of the window. Everyone else can see you're not fitting, but except you. But once you tabulate the Excel spreadsheet, you will see your, your, your biblical convictions, your um, convictions about family, your convictions about God and all that, and service. Tabulate all that. And then sit down and go through it. Hmm? Then, then you won't, then you won't have a heartache. And because this person asks, any special, specific, practical ways to do it? So the answer is Excel spreadsheet. Okay? That is serious. Now, how should you react if you break up with someone and yet have to see him or her at least few times a week at church? Ignore him? <coughs> or ignore ignorance? What if you feel weird when seeing him or her? Do you change church if it affects your spiritual life? What do you think? Obviously, you do not leave church. Relationships sometimes don't work out. That's it. If you're mature for courting, you'll be mature about that. It's when you're not mature, that's why you end up with leaving the church. When you leave the church, it says this. Now, if it is a good church, if you're learning and you're growing, and you go join a bad church, you're saying this. My faith is more important than my Christ. My feelings is more important than my spiritual closeness with my God. That's what you're choosing. Right? So just move on. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Do you agree? No, no big deal, right? It's just moving on. Huh? That's it. Okay, so you see a few times a week, just, just sit down and talk to each other. Say, alright, so it didn't work out. Um, we thank God that we didn't make the mistake of carrying on. We will have a terrible marriage. <clears throat> thank God for that. So let's be brothers and sisters in Christ and serve joyfully together. Okay? That's it. Hmm? Anyone know why last time people leave? Don't know. Huh? Okay, next. 
<coughs> I have to skip some questions already. Um, should you marry someone who has slightly different but minor views from you regarding theology or church matters? Example, way of worship. Or must their view comply 100% with the BP stance on doctrine and church matters? Example, total abstinence, biblical separation, pre-meal, KJV only, <clears throat> no contemporary mus- music instruments, infant baptism, covenantal family, etc. Well, this person really knows our BP faith. That's good. Now, should you marry someone who is slightly different? Because, now, should you marry someone who is slightly different but minor views from you? Depends what is minor. What is minor is relative. To some people, total abstinence is not minor. It's very major. Because they've seen their family broken up by drunkenness, they hate drinking, and they see that that is truly a sin. And Christians really should never even advocate social drinking. It can be very, very major to them. But to another, it's minor. Don't drink. No big deal. Don't drink. I don't like the taste anyway. So whether it's major or minor, it's going to be dependent on you. So you must know yourself, your conviction, what is important. To some, biblical separation is very major. I will never, ever contribute to the furtherance of the ecumenical movement because it is the promotion of the devil's kingdom. I cannot pray that kingdom come with a clear conscience. It's a biblical separation. That is what it's all about. Right? So, to some, very important. But then you, you say, oh, but not important, then you get married. Now, if that's important, then you get married to a charismatic, for example, or a new evangelical or modernist. Then you go to church, and then they say, Jesus is not God. What are you going to do? And then they say, oh, we will work with the Roman Catholics, or we will give money to a World Council of Churches. Then you obviously be arguing at home. Go back and say, no, don't want to use the money for that. No, I want to use the money for that. No end. <clears throat> what does Amos 3.3 3 say? Amos 3.3, 3, how can two walk together? Oh, very good, how can two? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> how can two walk together if they not be agreed? That's <laughs> one, or what? Right? The Bible tells us that. God knows problems in life. God said, how can you two walk together unless you have agreed? Right? Be not unequally yoked. You know what's unequally yoked? Unequal yoke is you put a donkey and a cow, and then you put the yoke on them, and then they go and plow. You can never plow. The farm will be a mess. That's why God say, be, your life will be a mess. You serve God also a mess. That's why God said, don't. <clears throat> so you have to ask yourself, is it important to you? And then you ask yourself further, like infant baptism, get married. I want to, I want to infant baptize my child. And then the person says, no, I don't believe in it. it. It's terrible. I don't want. Then how? Who like fight? And then you want to, or you say, I, I don't want this uh, music. I can't stand it at home. You keep listening to it on the, on the, on the hi-fi. You can't take it. So you must know what is so important to you. <clears throat> don't have this concept, ma. after I marry, things will settle. You better settle it before you get married. I always tell people that. When you get married, if you can't settle before marriage, 
in marriage even more difficult because the guy got you already. Okay, now, um, especially if one day, what happened if you're a guy? One day you, God calls you to the full-time ministry to be a BP minister and then your wife refused to infant baptize your child. You know what's going to happen to you? You have to step down, you know. She will be ruining, she will be a ruin to your ministry because the husband is supposed to rule the home. If he cannot even rule the wife in terms of spiritual leadership, then he's not fit to be the pastor. That's what's going to happen. So you have to think of all this very carefully. It can have far-reaching implications. All right? <clears throat> Who disagrees? You don't have to. Uh. I'm not a cult. <laughs> I'm here only to present you Amos 3.3. It's up to you to believe God. I've seen many who marry thinking that these are nothing. But it's in a mess now. Husband and wife attend different churches. You want that? Oh, for a woman, you know what you must do, right? You must follow your husband. You must follow your husband. Then every time you go to church, you listen to the message, you can't take it. You listen to the music, you can't take it. You will, believe me, one day come to the stage where you want to love God, you want to serve God. Believe me, I've seen so many who marry and say, no, this is not important. But when the time comes, they are in misery now. And they always say, I wish. They look at couples who married, right? They say, I wish our family would serve together like that. Okay, so now, um, next one. Is it a sin when boyfriend or girlfriend has sexual desire for each other? Such desires is in our human nature and inevitable, inevitable as it is natural. Well, we all know the answer, right? <clears throat> Matthew 5.28, But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her in a sa already. Okay? So, those feelings are natural in the sense of it's natural part of the sinful man, the sinful nature. Okay? But it is not something that you just say, oh, if it's there, sexual desires, I just leave it there. No, you must ask God to remove it. You must suppress it. Paul said, put my body under. Okay? Not let it continue. It will lead to the next thing. So a lot of things are in our human nature, right? Our human nature to, to do a lot of things, but we don't do it. Okay, the time is up, and uh, let me see if I can answer one, any last critical one. I think that's, those are the key ones for you young people, you youth. Um, the rest, I think I can cover some other time. Anyone, last question. Very urgent last question. While you're thinking, I say this. Three things you remember from this session. Number one, you must know the age you're in. When it's not the age, do not start. Right? Number one. Number two, emotions are very real. It's true. You just need to say that this is an emotion. Like I'm not had emotions. I just need to put it aside. Emotions doesn't mean you must follow it. Number three is this. 
And they say, if I don't do that, if I don't court, I don't pursue, I don't have dates, I don't have boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, then what do I do now? You focus, for you who are not at that age, you focus on growing in Christ. Focus on studying God's Word. Focus on growing in Him so that by the time you are ready, you are in a very good spiritual state to assess and to have a relationship, number one. Number two, you spend your time with your friends in church. The girls with the girls, the boys with the boys. Spend your time growing together. Go out, do activities with the boys with the boys, the girls with the girls. Focus on that. If you find that you're always distracted by the other gender, make friends in church and grow. When the time comes, the right one comes, God will bring it all to pass. (coughs) Okay? Any question? No? Okay, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we pray that you would grant to us the desire to obey, Lord, knowing from this passage of Amnon and Tamar, we see how the emotions of men can be trusted. Lord, we pray also for the teens and the young people that they would focus on their studies, studying your word, growing in Christ, serving you, enjoying each other's company. And Lord, when the time comes, Lord, prepare them for um, the right person. We pray for those that are intending to court or pursue something. Lord, we pray that you grant to them wisdom and your will. Pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.